This is Abroad in Education, a podcast where I unpack the international suitcase by focusing on EdPats and their experiences within education. I'm your host, Tiffany Lachelle. Welcome to another episode of Abroad in Education, and thank you for tuning in. I have Miss Derry L. checking in with us. Hello, how are you, everyone? I'm <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> so we are actually checking in from Abu Dhabi, and the story that we're going to hear today from Derry L. is about her experience living and working in the UAE but she is not living in Abu Dhabi. Many of us, when we hear about the UAE and we think about our motivations for wanting to come and be abroad, um, so many people are thinking, oh, Abu Dhabi, oh, Dubai. And this country has seven emirates that a lot of people just are not familiar with. And Darielle lives in the emirate called Ras Al Khaimah. Um, and I'll let her tell us a little bit about, you know, where she is and how long she's been here. And then we'll go into what is it like being in Russell Kava. So, Darielle, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm Darielle from Atlanta, Georgia. I am spending my second year here in the UAE as a primary or grade five teacher. Tiffany, I'll tell you that when I first came to the UAE United Arab Emirates, I had no idea what an emirate was. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea. And it actually took me a little while to wrap my mind around me what an emirate is. And I compare it to a state. Mm -hmm. So in the country, mm -hmm. we have states in the U.S. In the UAE, they have emirates. They have seven. The most popular ones are Abu Dhabi and Dubai. And I'm in Rasulheimah. One of the things about where you are is the fact that it is the most northern emirate that you can get to before is it oman that it goes into just before oman okay i'm, I'm an hour to drive from oman okay so um in the previous episode uh if you were able to check in i actually had a little conversation with one of the um, participants mo and we were talking about like describing Sharjah as rule and i'm like no you know when you hear the term rule you're thinking about farms and you know you're thinking about you know like cows and pigs and and when i went to rasokema um i don't have a different word to describe the area besides for rule so how would you describe it so rasokema <laughs> is the suburbs we're the burbs um if you were to compare so the big city would be dubai okay if you wanted to let Sharjah be rural Rasselheimer will be the suburbs. So the family, the white picket fence, this is the comparison to that. Okay, and what makes you say that? I cannot say. I didn't define that term, suburbs. Somebody called it, and I rode with it, and it works. It's um, very family-oriented. The space is different. It's more relaxed. A lot of people... I wouldn't say, well, yeah, there is quite a few families that work in Rasulheim and Sharjah and commute to the city, to Dubai. So the cost of living mm -hmm. is cheaper mm -hmm. in Rasulheim. The taxis are cheaper. The restaurants are priced at a lower price point. So I definitely do appreciate those aspects of living there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess 
for me, and this is one of the things when I when I lived here in Abu Dhabi, I went to Ras al one time, and it seems to me like when you when you come because basically you leave Abu Dhabi, you drive past Dubai, you drive past Sharjah, you drive past Umal Ajman, right? Mm-hmm. You drive past Umal Kuwain, and then you're up. You're finally to Ras al but when you drive in, you are the first thing you see are these very resort hotels. And when I went, that's where I stopped. I went to the resort hotels and that's where I spent my time. I didn't realize that there was a whole community and happening, you know, going on behind that space. So as far as the mixture of like locals and then like the, the people that come um, to visit that area, what do you see as far as people? Who are in who are coming there? Okay, so what I'll say is uh, there's actually quite a rich history in Rasulheima itself. I can't necessarily call it myself. I know pearl diamond is very um, mm. one of the trades in the traditional mm-hmm. um, lifestyles of the UAE. They were a pearl diving community before they discovered the oil, so there's lots of that history there. I also know there's the old city in Rasulheima. And like you said, going towards Oman further back, it's, I don't know how it places in the size compared to other Emirates, but I will say that there are different fields within Rasulheima. Yeah. So this little community, like you said, is the tourists and the resorts and the hotels and the beaches. Then you go further deeper into Rasulheima and you have the mountains, Jabal Jakes. Um, and then you have the old city. Mm-hmm. What I will say about Ras al-Haima is that they're building it towards a tourist destination. So you come in, you come to Abu Dhabi, people are coming in for Dubai. The trip from Dubai to Ras al-Haima is roughly an hour and 20 minutes. So they're building it as a tourist attraction so that when people fly into the UAE, they visit Dubai and then they go on further up the road and visit Ras al-Haima for the resorts and the um, the water sports mm-hmm. and the malls. And <laughs> we have a ton of malls, but they're, they're not the same malls like um, Yaz Mall or Emirates Mall or Dubai Mall. But what I will say is that Rasulheimer recently got what's now the world's longest zip line. Right. So that's an attraction. Right. That's an attraction. And I'm so angry that I won't be able to experience it, but here we are. <laughs> But you know, that makes absolute sense because one of the things, and I, I have to be mindful about my space here and then also what people's imaginaries are about being here. Because I find that, especially the folks who spend a lot of time in this area, you were either a fan of Abu Dhabi or you were a fan of Dubai. And whichever you are a fan of, you don't like the other. So for me, I'm a fan of Abu Dhabi. I'm not a big fan of Dubai. But most of the people who you know want to come to this place are always like, oh, I want to go to Dubai. I want to do this. First of all, Dubai is full of people living like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. You know, everybody's walking around trying to be something or be known for something. But the fact that you're saying that people have, will have the opportunity to separate themselves away from all of this busyness, all of these tours, all of these different things, I do, you know, Russell Kama may be a space for that to happen because it's a, it's a nice space. Yeah, exactly. 
And as I said before, I'm from Atlanta. So I'm from a popular metropolitan, busy party, entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, black excellence city. So I come from that. So for me, Rasselheimer is a nice alternative to what I'm used to at home. I'm used to the cities and the nightclubs and the celebrities and the cars and right, the shopping. Right, right. But what's new to me it's waking up and seeing the mountains from my bedroom window. I appreciate that. What's new for me that I don't have in Atlanta is being able to go 10, 15 minutes down the road and go to um, one of the beaches. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes it special for me. I didn't want to travel the whole world only to relive the same life that I was living at home. Mm -hmm. So I get a different experience in Rasselheimer, for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned the beach because... I have to talk about how I met you okay. <laughs> and the, the value of social media. So I am here, um, as you all know, I've lived here for two and a half years and it's been two and a half years since I have returned to this area. And when I came back, I have a specific reason of why I'm here. So I reached out to this Facebook group called Brothers and Sisters of Abu Dhabi. And it's basically a collection of black and brown people that are from all over. And, you know, people can kind of chime in and say different things that are happening in this area. So I put a post up basically asking, where are the black teachers? <laughs> and um, Darielle and I connected. Yeah. So I go to Rasselkema, and my, my intention is to stay there for a week, which I did. But literally on the first day I was there, hey, I made it, you know, this, this, and this. And you reached out and said, you know, there's actually a beach gathering going on tonight. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come? A group of people are coming together for this. So even with the invitation for you to invite me to the beach party, it has just continued. I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, being in being in a certain space where you feel like everyone is disconnected or you know people can't have certain relationships or people don't connect for certain reasons i feel like you are filling the position of being a connector oh. so how do you feel as far as like being in that space and then you connecting to people that are there cuz you've been hospitable for me but what is that when i'm not well when i'm not here <laughs> well one thing is is um even at home um, when we tell our friends and our family that we're leaving abroad and we're going to go live in this foreign place, um, there are black people around the globe, okay? Yes. And we leave our homes for any reason. And one thing that happens is there's a like-minded spirit that allows you to leave everything that you know and come travel and explore something new, mm -hmm. something unknown. So what I will say is that there is a kindred spirit that we all have when we begin to travel and live abroad outside of our home countries. So with that being said, the network and the community yeah. and the support, if we're, we're all friends and we're all going to look out for the next person. So at any time you can have a conversation, my friend of a friend of a friend is coming <laughs> to this place and someone will connect you because we are that support, we are that family. Are you sure? They'll connect you. But once you get there to build a relationship and to fill it out is your own. Right. At least okay. for me. Because what I'll say is, and that's, I guess that's what you said. I'm be, I'm a connector. Mm. So I know that if we're all away from the home, why not support? Right. Why not build that network? Why not um, 
say, hey, I know this person. I can't help you, but I can point you in the direct, mm-hmm. right direction of someone who can. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos to the young lady that messaged me in Facebook and said, hey, Dario, she just tagged my name um, in a post on Facebook, and here we are. Right. And when you messaged me, I said, we're out here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And um, when you arrived in town, that's exactly what you did. You messaged me, and you said, hey, I'm here. And I said, okay, I don't know what your plans are. I don't know how jet-lagged you are. But there's an event tonight, um, a conversation about being an expat and your experience. And I'm like, hopefully this will give you some good information for your research and for your study, for what your endeavors are. Um, You told me where you were staying. You weren't far far away. I was like, come on, I'll pick you up. Yeah. And we we actually hit it off since, and it's just been awesome. But but that's um, that's what makes it special, and that's what makes an individual able to live this lifestyle. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is amazing because, I mean, I'm going to be honest, not everyone has that personality Mm -hmm. and not everyone carries that hospitable, you know, I'm going to assist, I'm going to connect, especially in the the place that I'm in. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact, you know, not everyone is like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Even reaching out to some people that I know, that I have known um, here in Abu Dhabi, it has not been, hey, Tiff, you know, what are you doing? Can I, do you need anything? You know, where do you want to go? It's been a few people that have reached out to say, you know, those those specific things. But for me, I feel like, I don't know, city living. Everybody's busy. Nobody has time. You know, all of this stuff. But when I went to Ras Okema, it was like, wow, it's actually like a family, a community. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, people spending time with each other. And then it's like, well, you're in my home. You know, this is where I am. Let me show you, you know, how things are going here. Let me connect you to these people. So I just, I felt like... I don't think I even get that in the States. Well, this is what I was going to say. Even having this experience and this conversation with you has been so fulfilling for me. And it's a matter of finding a reflection of yourself in other people. Mm -hmm. Because no matter where you are in the world, you want to be in a community or in close quarters with someone that has the same energy or a mindset that you can respect or that at least is going to allow you to feel comfortable in the space mm-hmm. with being yourself, comfortable leading the life that you live, and on a day-to-day being to say, hey, I can relate to this person and the way they operate in the world. Right. And like you said, some people might have found that extending an invitation was going out of their way or they don't know what the other person is going to be like, so they not may not put themselves forward as such. Right. But for me, I have that kind of energy to at least welcome you in the space and to meet you and to see how I can support. And your energy definitely reflected the whole, um, the world is my oyster. There's no kind of reservation. I think Mm -hmm. it's a matter of living without reservation. And when you can find someone who approaches life in the same way, it's, it's, wonderful to experience and to journey out and to get to know a new person that you had no idea existed mm-hmm. a few hours ago mm-hmm. but here you are you really you have all these similar interests and so how do you and I guess that that takes me to because I want to talk about your school mm-hmm. you have a very special situation at your school so let's talk about the African Americans at your school okay. and then how you're engaging with them okay So what I'll say is um, what you mentioned before about having a very linear experience. That was me. I 
can definitely get into the zone of home and work and sleep and then put it on repeat. Home, work, and sleep and put it on repeat. And what I will say is that, for one, the heat here is beyond. Mm -hmm. It's extremely hot. So you have to actually make an effort to put yourself out and say, I'm going to venture out and I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there. I definitely consider myself um, an extroverted introvert. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I love making new friends and it's easy for me to open up and say, hey, let me connect you. Um, you need something to do, let me point you in the right direction. Those types of interactions are easy. But then you also get on the side of having to incorporate new people into your life. Because at my job, we live and we work together. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily like to call it a compound because it's not a compound. Would you call You've seen it. Would you call it a compound? I would say it's similar, but I mean, it's yeah. just apartments. Yeah. So the school is itself and it's a large building and just to the rear of the school we have the housing um maybe about six different large apartment buildings where teachers are staffed in maybe two buildings and in the other four it's open to the public but i will say that we're coming in and we're meeting new people and we're incorporating these people into our work lives and into our personal lives yeah both so when you first meet people, we're getting off the plane, and of course we want that community where it's like, hey, you're from here, I'm from here too. You're black, I'm black too. We need to do this because we want to have people that reflect our lived experiences at home. And on the surface, looking at someone um, from the same country, mm -hmm. same skin tone, mm -hmm. you assume that you have the similar experiences. You assume that you might have similar likes and dislikes, okay? But then once you begin to peel back the layers of an individual, which we all are, you have to decide, um, is this someone that I mesh well with or maybe if this person is not my cup of tea? And that's a lived experience no matter where you are in the world. Yeah. But being away from your home, away from your family, we're tasked with building a second community. So it's so much more important to embrace the challenge of living to cooperate and intermingle and entwine with someone who you might have found challenging mm -hmm. or you might not necessarily see eye to eye with. And you have to, we have our ups, we have our downs, we have our bickers, we have our moments where we're like, hey, I know this person, and we're part of a larger community, but we don't do too well together. Right. So you have to learn how to be in the same space. Because once again, you all, we live, at least in my employment, we live and we work together. And we do have one of the largest, I'll say, employee staff. It's about 13. At any given point, it's roughly about 13 African-American teachers at my school. Yeah. Which I've learned is large. Right. It, it's it a, is. And I'm like, hey, we out here. It you is, know, right? Are. It's yeah. not a lot of schools that employ, you know, that many African-Americans, right? In one space. In one space, mm -hmm. right. And you're in Ross Okema yes. to make it even more complex. Right. So you all have to rely on each other. Right. And we definitely do. So, but there's a matter of building community. And also maintaining your personal sanity at the same time right. in your personal space. And it's easy to say, well, we live together, we work together, 
do we want to do everything together in our social lives? Right. And then there's balance because like you, you mentioned, you know, there, there are clicks and this group of people meets this group of people. And sometimes that connector doesn't get called to go out to the mall when they randomly saw each other, you know, catching a taxi and they made a whole day of it. It's like, well, hey, you know, no one caught me. It's not that it was planned. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, this, this group was doing one thing. This group was already out and we joined. And I think that being here a lot of times, people can get sensitive in ways that we might not have been sensitive at home Mm -hmm. just because we are having new stresses that we have not experienced in our lives before. Right. And stress can be good stress and it can be bad stress, but it's all about the new experience and how do you navigate that? How do you communicate? How do you problem solve? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I guess now I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in understanding, you know, what is it that you do to keep yourself sane to, you know, um, make sure that you are mentally healthy in this space. You're telling us about layers of relationships and layers of working and living with your colleagues and layers of, you know, all of these different things. So how do you maintain your mental health in the midst of all of this? Well, it's definitely a way. There are good days. There are bad days. There are great days. It's a matter of constantly checking in and reflecting and asking yourself, hey, Dario, am I okay? Am I doing okay? Am I all right? There have been weekends where I have gone into my apartment on a Thursday after work and not have come out of my apartment till Sunday morning. <laughs> it's time to go back. Um, it takes that much to recharge. Yes, you know, it's a lot of things. I'm recharging from the heat. I'm recharging from the energy. There might be a stressful situation at work. I might simply want to rest. And what I will say is that a lot of times I feel if you, you're you out, you're spending money. And sometimes you just got to stay home to save a couple of bucks. Yeah. 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 I agree with For that sure. wholeheartedly. Yes. But as, back to your question about maintaining your mental health. It's a delicate issue. It's very delicate. And beyond... Living and working with, um, we talked about a lot of the African-American community at home. You have people coming from across the globe with polar opposite um, living experiences from Ireland to Great Britain to South America. Mm, Canada. um, New New Zealand, Canada, Mm -hmm. um, Sweden. Just so many, so many different places. And one thing that we cannot take for granted is that everyone has a different mode of operating and being and existing in the world. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn how to engage with people who might do something unintentionally that you might find offensive, okay? And that's just, what's what's an example that I can say, oh, okay. In the Emirates, you don't show the bottom of your foot. It's considered rude. It's considered disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I would have never even thought twice about it. But it's about coming into an awareness where you're realizing that there are many different cultures and backgrounds that are now existing in the same space. In the same space, right. 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 So you have to learn how to communicate about how you like to receive respect and also be accommodating to the way the next person receives respect. And that's one of the things that I find most rewarding about this experience of living abroad. 
for so many years because it's it's e I don't want to say it's easy to do one year and go home but what I'll say is when I initially left home after graduating from Georgia State University I moved to South Korea I had two friends who had served in the military there and they spoke very well of it at the time spoke very well of what South Korea okay. just the country and their experience in general okay. okay I had no idea what I was going into. But I said, if they like it, it's good enough for them. These are my friends. I trust them. I'll go and experience and see for myself. Mm -hmm. I said, well, Daria, because I talked to myself. If you <laughs> like too. it, <laughs> really Daria, if you like it, go spend one year and love it. If it's not what you want, do the one year commitment and come, come back home. home. Right. Home will always be here. Right. And I knew I was so nervous. I remember packing up my apartment. I cried because I knew that when I left, I would not be coming back to the same space. I was leaving my life as I knew it. But I also knew that I could not live with myself had I not seen what was on the other side of the adventure. So South Korea turned into one year. Then it turned into two. Mm -hmm. So I really did enjoy it. The only reason I did come back is because my best friend was getting, uh, she had just gotten married and was having a new baby. My sister was getting married that year. So life back in America was happening. Mm -hmm. And there were and some it things. it called you back. Yeah, it called me back. There were some things that I didn't want to exclude myself from or miss out. Mm -hmm. So initially I thought I was going home for one summer. It turned into one year. Mm -hmm. And I ended up teaching in DeKalb County. Um, and that was challenging because, mind you, right after university, I went to South Korea and I was teaching pre-K to a class of 16 students with a co-worker. Now I go back to America, we have um, bloated class sizes. I'm teaching alone and the students are high needs. Mm -hmm. So teaching back in the States for one year, I said I had never known what stress was. <laughs> I learned what it was then. <laughs> And I decided, I remember it was the end of the year and whoever comes to talk to the teachers about retirement and 401ks and all that, I was listening to the numbers of years he was giving as a first year teacher for what I would, when I would be able to draw um, retirement and listening to the numbers for 401k, I said, wait a minute, you mean to tell me I don't have to give up this much of my life and I can't really live it until I'm 60? Right, right. I got up from that meeting right then and there, went to my principal's office, and I said, I love you and thank you, but I can't do this right. next year. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, I have to let my life be my own. Mm -hmm. And at this time, I think I was, what, 27. And I knew that I wanted my life to be for me. And I love my community. I love our people. I love my home life, but at the same time, I did not want to sacrifice my youth because, like I said, I had been stressed yeah. like never before. Within and, one year teaching in, in the one States. Year, and I didn't want to bake that a lifestyle for myself, especially because I had seen the alternative living abroad in South Korea. Mm -hmm. So what I will say is that year at home, it confirmed in me that the expat lifestyle was part of my happiness and was part was a joyous experience for me and it wasn't as difficult or heartbreaking um as one might assume so i was able to see 
living abroad and living away from friends and family. And then I was able to compare it to what my life would be like at home. Right. And I was able to make a sound and confirmed decision. Like, Dara, you do well yeah. abroad. That's okay for you. And now you're still here. Mm -hmm. And see, listening to that, it brings up two things. The first thing when you were talking about reflecting, and this is back to your, um, you know, trying to figure out what are things that you can do to stay with a healthy um, mental state. One of the things that I've noticed, and, and specifically the purpose of my podcast, mm -hmm. is to be able to present an opportunity for people to reflect and I'm not necessarily talking about people because my focus is on EDPATs, which are, you know, teachers of color that are working in international local government schools globally. So what I've noticed is some people, and this is between living in it and then also going back home and engaging with their families. You know, maybe it's a summer holiday. Maybe it's, you know, um, Christmas, whatever it is. Many EDPATs do not get the opportunity to reflect. Mm. When you go home, a lot of people don't even ask about your experience. I don't know, as, and it, it's hard to kind of pinpoint, you know, why people don't inquire. And if, if it's because they don't understand, because, you know, you may come off as bragging, um, because they can't even imagine some of the things like, there's so many things that you can say as far as why people don't inquire. But when you're in the space, you rarely get the opportunity to talk about it because you're living it. Yeah. Like your every day is a task. Your every day is problem solving. Your every day is accommodating and it's stressful. So I don't know. I feel like the value of EdPads has not been discovered yet. Mm -hmm. It has not been pinpointed to the point where, you know, being an international teacher is something. And, and my, my goal is to define that something. But, you know, the more and more that I'm able to have these conversations with, you know, specifically teachers of color who are working in international spaces, I'm just like, it's so complex. It's layered. But if I can say anything as far as, you know, you, you talking about a mental, having a mental mi uh, mindset, we have to find time to reflect. Absolutely. We have to find time to unpack. We have to find time to try to understand this for ourselves. Like we don't know. There is not many people who have paved the way to help us understand what it is that we are doing now. We're making generational change. Yes. So we have to understand it for ourselves and then be able to define it. Right. And it's, it's certainly a lifestyle. It's a career option. I, I graduated with a, an early childhood education, mm -hmm. bachelor's, and I had no idea that international teaching was an Existed, option. right. I had no clue. I can, t if the past episodes, mm -hmm. we are all in the same space. Right. Nobody was exposed to it. But Tiffany, let me say this to anybody who's listening. We have so many youth in our um, community that are pushing themselves to complete college and that don't have the a strong family background support that have financial challenges. One thing that I will say, please know and believe that living here, my rent and my housing is paid for. I don't, I'm not responsible for that. I'm not responsible for my utilities. At home, I'm thinking, I'll never pay rent again in my life. <laughs> Ever. <For> what? <laughs> Why do I want to work, you know? 
we'll call it the nine to five or the seven thirty to three thirty, mm-hmm. only to give it away. No, ma'am. Yep. So now that Just I know, maintain. I figured out. Because we're working to what? Provide a roof over our head. So I say this. If you know anyone who's um, graduated from university or that is interested in travel or that is passionate about education, let them know that this is an option to come and be able to support yourself and put a little nest egg away. Um, I'm still learning how to be responsible with managing my finances Mm -hmm. and my salary because those are one of the things that we don't generally learn right in school but with that being said i'm glad to know that this is an option and i wish that more of our youth was Was aware of the possibility yeah because we know about doctors we know about athletes we know about lawyers and Mm -hmm. finance Mm -hmm. but we also need to um bring awareness to those to teachers right this job it's not going anywhere it's going to shift and the experience will change and the expectations will change and the benefits will change but we're going to need teachers indefinitely right and see i'm glad to hear you say that because that actually segues right back into my second point which is the fact that the other day i was having this you know like mental conversation with myself and i kind of thought about you know when we go to school and we are exposed to different opportunities as far as, you know, what do you want to do when you get older? What are you going to study in, in higher ed? And literally, there are not many global occupations. Mm-hmm. You think about doctors. Anytime I think about doctors overseas, it's private pa- practice. Or it's like, you know, nurses without borders, doctors without borders. You know, I don't know how someone would go about, cr- like, having an opportunity to make a being a doctor global, right? Unless it's just you doing your own thing, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about, you know, like marketing or accountants, right? You're, you're working with big businesses. So it's dependent on that business to say if it's global or not. Yeah. So, you know, you may have the opportunity to go to the headquarters in Japan or, you know, you may have this, this and this, maybe, And then, of course, you know, there's always military armed forces. But the thing with that is you're only exposed to bases or certain spaces. You know, you're not given the opportunity that we have as teachers. So it's like the value of teaching in America Mm -hmm. has changed because it's the education that we receive that is valuable to other countries. Mm -hmm. And because we are teachers, we can go anywhere in the world to teach education. And it just opens up so many opportunities for us um, to, to, and, and it just depends on what you want. If you want to go back home, if you want to make a career of international teaching, but we are in this space where we are very valued. So that takes me to this whole notion of people that are in these, fields that aren't really global fields, wanting to become teachers overnight. Mm. How do I, you know, get this certification real quick so I can go and get my Instagram feed to look like this person? Right, right. <laughs> well, the thing is, and that's even in the States, you know, what, what did our teachers tell us? I'm not here for the paycheck, right? The class is cutting up the teachers. Is, I'm not here for the paycheck because it's not that much. I'm here to teach you and give you this education. So with that being said, we all knew the teachers who enjoyed their job right. and valued it right. and who were there to support us. Right. And then the teachers who were burnt out. 
and just done and they're who they because they had to be so what I will say is make sure that you have the personality type that will enable you to come out and do this the right way because we must say there's a term called midnight runners <laughs> and they pack up their bags they in the middle of the night in the night leave the key on the table and if, they're out if they do that because they may not leave the key they may, not leave they the may key. park the car in the airport get there get on their flight and then get to where they they are going so with that being said it's not for everyone but i will say come out and try it for yourself and see if it's for you or not and the, whether you have to escape in the middle of the night or you escape at the end of your contract. <laughs> Home is going to be there. It's, it's going to be there. So come out. First of all, we are yourself. not promoting people we to not, escape. Not, but I'm just saying, you do what you got to do. I've been here. I thought I was going to do one year. And people say, well, Daria, when are you going home? And I said, this is um, indefinite for me. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going back home. Yeah. I go home for the, we have a three-week Christmas holiday, okay? And the states teachers get two. And if you're a professional, you get a few days. Yeah. Here I am with three weeks. I have a summer holiday beginning at the um, last few days of June, okay? I don't return to work until the end of August. So I have time to experience and to travel and to enjoy my life. So this is definitely afforded me the opportunity to just enjoy living mm -hmm. nothing's perfect nothing's all bad but what i will say is back to the reflecting i take so many moments to just pause and have gratitude and right. to thank god and to say hey you know i'm so grateful um and just to for me it happens when i'm in nature whether i'm just at a beach and looking at the waves and the sunset to whether i'm looking at the mountains or um traveling southeast asia when i left south korea the only country I had been into, the first time I had ever been out of the country was to do my contract in South Korea. After South Korea, I toured Southeast Asia for five weeks. Oh, wow. Um, from Bali to Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines. And that really gave me a travel bug. Mm -hmm. I've done Croatia, Montenegro, and now the UAE and Oman. So my list is getting bigger. But once you begin to experience life outside of your four walls or your bubble of what people tell you you need to rely on, you will discover a self-independence, a self-reliance. Mm -hmm. You will get to know more about yourself than ever before. And it just comes naturally. It's not anything you have to work for. It's a discovery process. See, I'm so glad to hear you say that, Dariel, because that kind of connects to the previous episode where I just was talking about how, you know, being and teaching abroad, living abroad truly was never about the children. Like for me, it was it working with students, adults, people. I'm a people person. So for me, education has never been a challenge. But I will say that teaching has given me the agency to be able to go and see the world, mm -hmm. which has allowed me to discover the most about myself. I mean, even with the, the countries that I've been to, I'm like, yeah, every experience that I've had abroad has allowed me to discover more about who I am Absolutely. through being in those spaces. I love that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I have to thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, share your story and be transparent and welcome us into your space of being a EdPat in Rosalcama, UAE. So thank you so much. Thank you, Tiffany. I've enjoyed it so much. Thank you for the conversation. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep the conversation going and search Abroad in Education on Facebook to join the private group, The EdPat Lounge. And for more information about this podcast, go to abroadineducation.com.